0: Morning, everyone. Trust you're all well and enjoy that time of worship. Um, yeah, so it's a privilege for me to share this morning, and I'm really trusting that God is going to open up each of your hearts, your eyes, your ears, and that He's going to do an amazing work here this morning. Firstly, just want to thank Ant and the leadership team for giving me this opportunity. I do this in submission to them as an eldership. They are on my covering. And um, But, yeah, so grateful for, for the opportunity. Um, so I'm not sure who of you were here two weeks ago um, when Len preached, but I almost feel that the message that I'm going to share today is part two or a continuation of Len's message um, that he gave um, two weeks ago, but maybe just from another angle. And But I really do believe that as I've been preparing for this, that God is still busy um, digging deep into the hearts and lives of us all and wanting to bring freedom and restoration. Um, but I want to start with an illustration that I heard um, uh, last week, I think it was, when we were at the Jonathan Conraths meeting, One of his team members actually got up and just shared his testimony. And it was really, really powerful. And it actually links into what I want to share today. So I'm just going to touch on that. I'm not going to go into detail of what he shared. But um, when he got up, he just started sharing his testimony. And he was saying that, um, obviously, he was brought up in a Christian home, raised with Christian parents and all the rest. Um, but as a young boy, I think he was around about five or eight years old. I can't remember exactly the age, but he was a young boy. Um, he sadly was put in a situation where he was violated. And um, obviously at the time, didn't know what was happening, what was going on, and obliged, and then just carried on living with that deep down in his heart. And um, yeah, as he shared, he said obviously he grew up, Um, still went to church and all the rest but then just down the line things went south for him and he got involved in drugs and sex and alcohol abuse and yeah so life just went south for him and um, he hit a very very rocky road Um, but one of the things that he actually explained and really hits hard home and that's illustration that I want to use today is he actually said he was so broken inside just from life and what had happened to him from that time and just everything that he had been through, just so broken that if you had to take him and shake him, he would sound like a rattle, because every part of him on the inside was broken. And this is what he sounded like. Just every single part of him was absolutely broken and he just rattled. If you took him and you shook him, this is what he sounded like. Um, and so as I just give that illustration, I want to really now just say, open up your hearts to what God wants to do this morning. Because maybe you that bottle. We're trusting that by the end, we're going to be this, whole and healed on the inside. Um, So, the title of my message today is From Brokenness to Beauty. So, I want to just take a quick look at Matthew 1, verse 1 to 17. Corinne, you can put that up for me, please. Is it up? Okay. So, I don't know if any of you have ever read Matthew 1, 1 to 17. It is the genealogy of Jesus. And... I'm going to ask that we're all honest with ourselves today. I'm putting my hand up to Who of you skip the genealogies when you read in the Bible? I do. Okay. (laughs) So, you can see this. We're going to be a little bit naughty today. I'm not going to read this because I'm going to get very tongue-twisted and I'm nervous as it is, okay? But what I do want to do is I'm going to highlight four ladies um, in this genealogy that Matthew mentioned. And we're going to take a look at their life story, or some of it. (laughs) Um, So firstly, it was not customary for Jews to include women in their records. And um, secondly, and what is more remarkable about these ladies, is the fact that they had distributed disreputable histories so let's take a look who they were I'm just going to look at four of them and then we're going to take it from there so the first lady is Tamar if you go and read you'll see in the genealogy I am telling you the truth they are there okay but you can go to the slide for me now Corinne all right so I've just put these slides up there's some key notes on there but I'm going to just explain them um, so Tamar, she uh, we read about her in Genesis 38, verse 1 to 38. She was a Canaanite woman and married Ur, the son of Judah. Her husband had died, and because of her intense desire to have children and to become the matriarch, the matriarch means a woman who is head of the family or a tribe um, of Judah's line, she was actually driven to seduce him. And... Um, yeah, and she pretended to be a prostitute. Uh, Judah was unaware that this was um, his daughter-in-law, and he hired her for the night, and she fell pregnant. Through Judah, she became the mother of Perez. Judah and Tamar are direct ancestors of Jesus. Who would have thought that you would have read something like that in the Bible? All right, the next lady is Rahab. So her story is found in Joshua 2 and um, chapter 6, verse 22 and 23. Rahab was also a prostitute in the city of Jericho. She protected, if you know the story, um, the two spies that were sent into Canaan. And um, But she was at risk of doing this because she could have um, been killed because she did this. But she knew enough facts about God to actually trust in him. God rewarded Rahab by promising safety to her and her family. She turned from her lifestyle, and then she later became the wife of Solomon and the mother of Boaz. She became an ancestor of David and Jesus. Then the next lady in that genealogy is Ruth. Ruth is obviously found in the book of Ruth. Beautiful book to read if you haven't read it. She was a young and a poor woman, a widower and a foreigner. Being a Moabite, she was not actually allowed to enter into the nation of Israel, and her husband died ten years after marriage. There was nothing worse than being a widow in those days. You were either taken advantage of, or you were just plain and simply ignored. And mostly of them were poverty-stricken. Being a Moabite did not stop Ruth from worshipping the true God, though. While in Israel she married Boaz... She bore Obed, who was the father of Jesse, and he was the, father of King, uh, the grandfather of King David. Ruth, therefore, also became a direct ancestor of Jesus. And then the last lady that we're going to look at is Bathsheba, and her story is in 2 Samuel chapter 11 and 12. Um, and she's, you can also read about her in 1 Kings. So she was married to Uriah who was a soldier in the army of King David. She and David had an adulterous affair. Jeez, that's also in the Bible. And she fell pregnant. Uriah was set up to be murdered by David, and after this, he took her to be his wife. Thereafter, their child died, and she later became the mother of Solomon. Quite hectic, hey? (laughs) Sounds like um, Days of Our Lives kind of story. those of you who used to watch that, or the Bold and the Beautiful. Okay, so what can we learn from the lives of these women? Each of them had a very different story. Each of them had very different circumstances, and they all had different outcomes, but the same purpose. And what was that purpose? That when Jesus came, he could be clearly identified as the Messiah. So none of their stories stopped the purposes of God. What are the lessons that we can learn from their lives? Also sorry if I look at you like this. I can't see if I look at you at my glasses through my glasses like this. So I do feel like a bit of a teacher. Um I don't want to feel like that. <laughs> uh, okay. All right, so class. <laughs> no many joking. Uh, lessons that we can learn from their lives. The first thing, the kind of past that we had um, will not stop God from accomplishing his purposes. So it does not matter what you've done, what you have been through, what you have experienced. It will not stop God from doing what he needs to do. And there we can see in Romans 8 verse 28, um, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. How beautiful is this, that we're not defined by our past. Then God accepts all who worship him. He works through people regardless of their race, their sex, or their nationality. So it doesn't matter what color you are, where you come from, um, or anything like that. God can work in and through you. Um, Acts 10, verse 34 and 35 says, Then Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. And then, although we must live with natural consequences of sin, God's forgiveness of sin is total. And I have, I know Letitia is in Children's Church but I have actually asked her for her permission to share a little bit of her testimony regarding this point um, in having us uh, having to deal with unnatural consequences of sin. So some of you may have heard Letitia's story. Um, a few years back, she had uh, committed fraud, and um, it was something that she obviously was caught out on, and then she had to pay it back over a good few years. I think it was a good six-odd years. I can't remember exactly the amount of time. And um, so that was a consequence of her sin. She had committed it. She repented of it, obviously, at the time. But it was a consequence that she had to follow through. And um, I was just chatting to her on Thursday again, and it was just like, sure, it must have been hard for her at the time because every month she had to pay a certain amount of money back. I think it was by the first of every month. If she did not pay that back at the time, she would have been arrested. She was already in Josh Jen through this time, um, so she had a roof over her head, she had food on her table, but no one bailed her out with the amount of money she had to pay back. It was her consequence of her sin, and I have to say to her, well done for what she did and how she got through that, because believe you me, she worked hard. To get that money every single month, um, to to pay it back, and she did it. So the beautiful thing about that is Psalm 103, verse 12. This is what Jesus would have said to Letitia, and says to all of us: As far as the east is from the west, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. Isn't that beautiful? Then God's plans involve extraordinary events in ordinary people's lives. Our character is also revealed in our response to the unexpected. So, what happens when the pressure cooker pops? <laughs> um, unexpected events happen in our lives. How do we respond? What does, what does it re- reveal about what's actually inside of us? What does it reveal to us about what we believe about God? So these things don't go to waste. God uses all of these things to teach us and help us with things in our lives. Do not let fear affect your faith in God's ability to deliver. Trust in him. Um, like, uh, I think it was Ruth, how she just she trusted in God. She, she knew him, and Rahab as well. She trusted in God um, with all of her life because she knew enough facts about him. In the worst possible situation, God is still able to bring about good when people truly trust in Him. And I think that's the key. God can do anything. Anything is possible for Him. He can bring good about any situation, whatever you have been through. The key is to truly turn to Him and trust in Him. And then Jesus does not require perfection but a broken spirit and a contrite heart. This is, we, we find this in Psalm 51, verse 17. So it's, it's, he doesn't require perfection because none of us are perfect. We, we're all broken. We're all sinners. We've all faced difficult circumstances in our lives. But all he requires is a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Okay. You're all still with me? You're okay. I hope it's making sense. All right. Um, So before I go into this next part now, I actually just want to pray. So if we can just bow our heads, please. Father, as I just just touch on the, the next few points, King Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, I pray that you will come now. Holy Spirit, you know every heart yeah? you know every circumstance that people have faced. you know where they've been at. And King Jesus, I pray that by the power of your Holy Spirit, you will shine the lights on the areas of people's lives and that you'll just come and do what you need to do and what you do best. In Jesus' name. All right. So every one of us have experienced some form of brokenness in our lives, and it varies from one person to the next. Um, but each person's situation is different. different. So my experience that I've experienced might be different to, to Rudy's or Almandi's or whoever, but it's for whatever he's experienced will be very real to him. Whatever I've experienced is very real to me. And so that's a, we've got to respect and honor one another as we listen and we get to know one another's stories. Um, you might not think, sure, well, there's nothing wrong with that. But for that person, it could be something very big and very real. And I really just do believe that God wants to touch on hearts now, as we look at some areas of brokenness that people may experience or have experienced in their lives. So the first one maybe is brokenness in marriage. Maybe you're just finding it tough; it's not what you thought it would be. Um, you felt like you wanted to give up. There's a constant battle between you and your your spouse. Um, there's just no peace. Um, perhaps words from your spouse have cut very deep into your heart and the pain is just too much to bear. Brokenness through divorce, perhaps you're blaming yourself or you're blaming your ex. Maybe you harbor unforgiveness, bitterness and resentment. Perhaps you've got a very big crack in your heart and you just you just feel like you can't get over it. God, where... How am I going to get over this? How am I going to get through it? It's just too sore. Brokenness, maybe because of financial issues. Hopefully, with what Steve shared this morning, we won't have any (laughs) financial issues after today. But maybe you've made bad financial decisions. Maybe at the end of the month, you do stress and you worry because there's going to be more month than money. Financial stress can be horrible. I know, and I have faced it. It can cause a lot of brokenness in a person. It can cause a lot of stress in a marriage. Um, What what has it perhaps done for you? Brokenness because of health. Maybe you are ongoing sick the whole time. You just can't fight an illness, a, a sickness, whatever it might be. Maybe there's somebody in your life, a loved one or a family member or a friend who is struggling and you, you, just, you just feel and carry their pain and it's causing brokenness in you. Brokenness perhaps because of verbal abuse, emotional abuse, physical abuse. Maybe in your experience or in your relationships, you have been battered, bruised and beaten. I don't know, but the Holy Spirit knows. The Holy Spirit knows as you're sitting here. He's going to begin to highlight areas in your life. Maybe he'll take you way back to your past and remind you of something where he wants to bring healing and restoration to. Perhaps you've experienced brokenness as a result of death, the loss of a loved one, a friend, a child. So this is where I experienced brokenness in my life a few years ago with my dad, who passed away 11 years ago it was a very very difficult time he was diagnosed with melanoma cancer um and it was uh, melanoma cancer is a very aggressive cancer and uh yeah so it was a it was a tough time and when the doctors told us it was like uh, you don't you don't want to actually believe it you kind of like think of talking to somebody behind you um, and yeah, it was, took many trips up to Joburg and back, because and, my dad at the time was living in Joburg. And uh, prior to him actually dying, um, uh, I was actually, he had uh, developed a thrombosis as well, and um, he was actually at more risk of dying from that than the cancer itself. And I was actually with him the day that he shot a clot and it was very traumatic for me. It was a horrible, horrible experience. So yeah, I just remember it was it was a yeah traumatic experience. and um, he as he shot the clots, his whole body just jolted, and um, I actually had to hold his head up because it was jolting back. he was actually vomiting at the same time. And all I remember was thinking, no, my dad's dying right in front of me. How am I going to tell my mom? And um, so at the time, though, um, all I remember doing was breaking out and speaking into tongues. A poor radiologist who was next to me thought I was mad. She just looked at me, and I just remember I just broke out and speaking in tongues. And I was crying out to God to save my dad in that instance um, because I knew he was dying before me. And, um, and I know, I know as I stand here today, Jesus was there. I didn't see him, but I felt his presence, and I know he saved my dad that day. And the last three months of my dad's life was the most incredible time that he had with the Lord. Um, and then he died the May thereafter. So yes, extreme brokenness. Maybe yours has been different, but maybe the pain has also been there. Perhaps brokenness in your identity. Um, and I actually just want to yeah, speak to the teenagers yeah, as well, teenagers that are, yeah, I know it's tough out there for you all, the peer pressure and the world, the world sucking you in, influencing you, wanting you, um, Satan's out there to steal, kill, and destroy your lives. But maybe you've got brokenness in your identity. You don't like yourself. You see yourself as unworthy, unacceptable. Perhaps you've been abandoned or rejected. Or you just have maybe even considered taking your own life because it's just too much and you can't anymore. To the moms and dads out there, brokenness in your parenting. Your teenagers are rebelling did you ever think that you would have the most rebellious teenager? Or your toddler's tantrums are just too much. You're pulling your hair out with them, and you're thinking, God, I can't do this anymore. I'm unworthy to be a parent. I'm just trying over and over and over again, but I'm just not winning in this area of my life. Just very quickly, another testimony from our side, an area of brokenness, was we had an exceptionally rebellious teenager for four years, She literally took Ants and I to hell and back, to put it plainly. It was hard. We were leading a church at the time, and we we questioned ourselves. We thought, how? How could we be leading a church when our daughter is going through all of this? And I remember one particular weekend, um, we had ended up at the police station with her. And I just thought thought to myself, when I got home that day, that morning, probably 4 o'clock in the morning, um, I can't do this anymore. And I sat on my couch and I cried. For almost 36 hours that weekend, I sat on my couch and I cried. I said, God, I can't do this anymore. What is happening to my daughter? What is happening to her? Please will you help her? And um, that Sunday, we still had to get up and had to go and preach. It was hard. Very, very hard. God, But God brought us through it. So in those moments when I cried out to him, when I didn't understand what was happening, I didn't know what was going on, I didn't even know if she was going to get through the difficult time that she was in, God gave us the grace, the strength, and the mercy in our times of brokenness. Perhaps you've experienced brokenness in friendships. You've been betrayed or stabbed in the back. This has also happened to me. Brokenness because you have been given yourself to the things of the world. Perhaps you've given yourself, not only now, maybe in your past, um, you've given yourself to drugs, you've given yourself to alcohol abuse, or you've abused alcohol, premarital sex. Maybe you've even opened yourself up to things of the occult. These are all things that we don't realize actually take a hold in our lives, grip us, and then can actually destroy us if we don't recognize it and do something about it. Sometimes our brokenness might not be as radical as any of these things that I've mentioned. And part of my story is also that I grew up in a Christian home. I've never, I've never smoked cigarettes in my life. I've never been drunk in my life. Um, never had sex before I got married. So I, I kind of like sometimes think, oh my goodness, um, you know, what's wrong with me? I, I don't. There's nothing wrong with me. I've been fine. I've had a happy childhood, all of the rest. But you know what that form of brokenness can be? And I think many of us have got it. That form of brokenness is called pride and self-righteousness. That's also brokenness. We've also got to come before God with that and say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I've been prideful or I've been arrogant or I don't think that there's anything wrong with me. That's also um, just a, a form of brokenness that God wants to bring healing and freedom into our lives. So perhaps some of us are feeling like this now. I don't know. I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit has been speaking to you and highlighting. Perhaps you are feeling like this. Maybe there's just one area of brokenness. Maybe God has brought healing to some areas, but maybe there's just still something that you haven't surrendered to him yet, and he wants to bring healing to you. Holy Spirit wants to reveal that to you. He wants to reveal it to us so that we can come to a place of surrender and allow God to come and heal and restore. Psalm 34 verse 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those who are crushed in spirits. So you might be thinking, yeah, sitting here thinking, Lee, no one will understand what I've been through. Nobody will understand the pain and the hurt and the brokenness that I've once had or I have carried. Um, and but maybe some of the things that I've mentioned, yours has even been worse. I don't know. That You might even be thinking, not even Jesus can understand what I've been through. Well, I want to show you something. In Isaiah 53, this is what it says. Speaking of Jesus... There was nothing beautiful or majestic about his appearance. He was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows acquainted with grief. So Jesus understood my grief when my dad was dying. People turned their backs on him and looked the other way when he went by. He was wounded and crushed. He was beaten and whipped. He was spat on. He was oppressed and treated harshly, yet he never said a word. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. He was imprisoned and trialed and was led to his death. Buried like a criminal and put in a rich man's grave, he became our sin. Jesus understands. In the garden of Gethsemane, listen to what he cried out. He said, Father. Father. Father, all things are possible for you. Take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, but what you will. He was in agony. His sweat became like great drops of blood. Jesus knew what it was to be broken. That, that, that scripture there tells us he knew exactly what it was to be broken. And he did what he wants us to do. And that is to get down on our knees and cry out to our Father. That's what he wants us to do. To get on our knees and cry out to Father, Father, I need your help. This is where the beauty begins. From your brokenness, whatever you experience, this is where the beauty begins, when we get down on our knees and we say, God, I need your help. Jesus knew the joy that was set before him, so he endured the cross. So as I begin to wind down here now, um, what is the joy that can lie before us when we fall on our knees and we cry out to the Father? Um but before I mention those few things, I want to say we there is joy, there is joy beyond our brokenness there There is joy because Jesus experienced that as well. um when he cried out to the Father, he carried the cross, he endured it because he knew what was laying before him and the joy that was going to come with it, and the same for us. but there are some things, some tools and some handles that we need to do and because we've also got to bring our parts. And that is that we've got to firstly recognize our brokenness and not shy away from it. And maybe even if it's a small thing for you, whatever it is this morning, we've got to recognize our brokenness um, and say, God, actually, yes, this is where I'm at. This is what has happened. This is how I'm feeling. Then we need to um, so it's recognising our brokenness, recognizing our sin maybe there is sin in your lives or that you're still involved with or whatever we've got to recognize our sin and then we need to repent of it we need to repent of the things that are holding us back recognizing the lies or whatever it is and say God I'm sorry that I actually want to bring this to you and give it over to you today and then possibly there is the people we need to forgive um, that's caused brokenness in our hearts and our lives. Or maybe we need to forgive ourselves um, because of things that we've given ourselves to. And then we surrender and say, God, I need your help. Father, will you help me? So the, the, so the joy that lies before us when we come to a place of surrender and falling on our knees and crying out to the Father will be these few points. First of all, salvation Is the gift of eternal life. When we recognize that we're a sinner and we are in need of a Savior, that is one of the joys that we are going to experience when we cry out to the Father is a gift of salvation. Forgiveness of all sins. That's past, present, and future. Remember Psalm 103? Your, uh, Your sins are as far as the east from the west. That's how I cast them away. That's what Jesus does for us. Do we believe it? Do we believe it? Then there's acceptance, that we are accepted as we are, as we come into his kingdom. We are adopted as his children. There's joy. I think it was in our prayer meeting, the whole basis of of the prayer meeting was we need to come to God and praise him with joyful hearts because of what he has done. We can experience joy. There's hope. There's an inheritance. There's unconditional love. Maybe you're sitting here today and you don't know what it means to be loved. Maybe you've never been loved. You've been abandoned. You've been rejected. You've been hated. I don't know. But God wants to show you his unconditional love this morning. You can experience abundant life. Yes, there are troubles in this world. And yes, we are going to face things. But in and through that... We can experience an abundant life. We can experience wholeness. Remember? This is what Jesus wants to do. He wants to give us wholeness. He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring restoration. That we don't sound like a rattle when we get shaken because of our brokenness. Jesus wants to bring us freedom. Psalm 34 verse 17 says, The Lord hears his people when they call him for help. He rescues them from all of their troubles. Isn't that beautiful? Do you believe that? Do you believe that the Lord hears you? Do you believe that he sees you? That he knows your hearts? And that he wants to set you free? He wants to bring healing and restoration. All right, so... Yeah, I, I, I'm finished with that. But I do, and just in preparation for this, so I was praying yesterday. Um, actually, when I was praying yesterday, the picture that God gave me was um, of us actually standing in in rain. And the natural thing of us when we go into rain is, and it's like bucketing down. What's the natural thing that we do? Are the run we go look for cover, we go look for shelter, or we grab that umbrella and we want to protect ourselves. But I don't believe that God wants us to do that this morning. He wants us to come under the reign of the Holy Spirit and he wants us to be washed and cleansed. He doesn't want us to go and find shelter or put up an umbrella. He wants us to come and just be washed and cleansed in his presence. So this morning I'm going to make two calls. Because I really do believe, with all of my heart, that God has been speaking to some of you here this morning. And the first call is going to be, if you have never, ever made a commitment to Jesus Christ, um, and maybe your heart has been pounding today, um, I want to say to you, don't ignore that. That is Jesus knocking on the door of your heart, because he wants to enter, because he loves you. And he wants you to come as you are. But if you've never made that personal commitment and said, Jesus, I recognize that I'm a sinner and I need a savior. And I want to make a commitment to you today. Then I'm going to ask you to respond to that. And I think what I'm going to do is if that is you, not right now, but if that is you, you can come stand this side. And then we'll get some leaders to come and pray with you if you feel you want to make a commitment to Jesus. The second call is, is as if you have been sitting here this morning, I've been through a list of some areas of brokenness, maybe your area of brokenness wasn't mentioned there, but you know what it is. And you want to give that over to Jesus this morning. You want to get on your knees and cry out to him and say, Father, Father, I need your help. And I'm going to ask you, to come to the front here. We are going to play a song. And just as we do that, just, just say, Lord, give me the courage. Holy Spirit, you highlighting things in my life. I'm trusting you. I can't do anything this morning. And Son And Andre can't do anything this morning. It's the power of the Holy Spirit who wants to come and minister to each one of us this morning and bring healing and restoration to an area of brokenness in your life. Because he wants us to live free. He wants us to experience that joy that I, I mentioned earlier on. All right, so just, Corinne, you can maybe put up that, that song. Let's just close our eyes. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll come now, that you'll come, King Jesus, and just you know, highlight areas in people's lives where they just need to surrender to you, King Jesus. Thank you for your presence. Thank you for your love. Thank you that you're with us right now, King Jesus. So come, Holy Spirit. As you feel ready, just come forward. Come bow on your knees. Come stand in the front. Come and surrender your hearts to Jesus this morning. And give him that which he wants to make beautiful from your brokenness comes flow